I am so ready. Cool, cool. I am ready too. And with that being said, welcome to the Dump and Chase podcast. I'm not Dump, he's not Chase. My name is Noah, his name is Ben. I'm sure as if you've seen our first episode, you would know. Um, I'm not sure if we uh, mentioned it in the last episode, I think we did, that um, I'm actually a Flames fan and he's actually an Oilers fan. And yet that's kind of confusing messages because right now I'm wearing a Canucks jersey and he's wearing a Jets jersey. <laughs> now, Ben, why might you be wearing a Jets jersey? We'll talk about it later. I don't feel like it right now. <laughs> he's not in the mood. Okay. <laughs> so today we're going to cover uh, we're going to cover a few topics. We're going to cover the draft lottery, which happened today as we are recording it, June 2nd. Um, we're going to briefly recap round one of the playoffs now that it's over. Um, more suspension drama, player safety drama, as you might have noticed if you're paying attention to the NHL at all. (laughs) And who knows, maybe if we need a time filler at the end, we'll talk about the Vesna Trophy and who should be winning that. But if not, we'll cover that in the next episode. Now, before we go any further, I just want to address a concern that was brought up to me, or actually was brought up to Ben, about our logo. So I noticed, or rather, um, someone else in, uh, I think one of your group chats, noticed that our logo is very similar. The actual visual part of the logo, not the text, is the exact same as Conquest Hockey. Now, they're a, a page on Instagram. We're not affiliated with them at all. They uh, they sell hockey merchandise, and they have the same logo. Now... Your next question might be, did I rip their logo off? No, no, I didn't. Um, I'm not good at graphic design. Uh, I know a little bit, but I'm not good at it. Um, but I, when I wanted to get a logo for this podcast, I went to a logo generator online, and I found something that looked really cool, so then I hit go for it. And uh, turns out it's already been used by a fairly well-established hockey presence or page in the community, so... We'll get, we'll, I'll get to changing that. Um, it probably won't be right away, but once I can find a suitable replacement, I'll, I'll change that logo over. So with that out of the way, let's jump right into it. All right, Ben, draft lottery. Draft lottery. Unlike the past few years, this year, actually, the lottery looks pretty good. The um, deserving team got the first overall pick. Yeah. When does that happen? Never. Rangers. Ever since the Oilers got McDavid, which I'm not complaining about. Exactly. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but Sabres take number one overall, as they should, as the worst team in the league, and as the team that's probably going to lose Jack Eichel this offseason, and possibly Sam Reinhart too, they need the help. <laughs> and anyone of any sort of significance, <laughs> anyone of value will want to leave. I, ge- I genuinely feel bad for Sabres fans. I do, because... It's a dumpster fire right now. No one wants to be there. Taylor Hall left because he did absolutely nothing there. Um, and um, now Jack Eichel will probably want to leave. I forget who's their goalie. Oh, Linus Olmark, Linus right? Olmark, Linus yeah. Olmark. He'll probably stay around. He'll he's probably young. stay around. He's, he's not good enough to probably be demanding a trade out of there. Um, like, to actually have any weight behind that demand. Um, they also have... They have Ristolainen. Yeah. They have... Darlene. Darlene will stay. He'll stay. Ristolainen you might see go, but that a lot of people have been thinking he's been he's going to go for a long time. Right. That was before their franchise became an absolute dumpster fire. Anyway, moving on. 
um, the Seattle Kraken get the second overall pick. Now, they obviously weren't playing this year. Um, by the way, where did Vegas pick their first year in the NHL? I think they picked fourth, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember. Okay, I'll so check, but... that, that makes sense because the... Um, the Kraken were given the exact same playoff, or not playoff, uh, draft lottery odds as the New Jersey Devils. Um, it placed the, um, I believe, in if you look at the odds before the draft from the NHL, it shows the Sabres, the Ducks, the Kraken, and then the the Devils. But the Devils, the Devils and the Kraken had the exact same um, play. Or I keep on saying playoff odds. <laughs> They had the exact same uh, lottery odds at the first overall pick, 10.5%, I believe. And um, as you can see, and I'm, or as I'm sure you've heard, the Kraken got the second overall pick and the Devils got the fourth overall pick. I'm sure Devils fans are thrilled about that. <laughs> and the Ducks, instead of getting the second overall pick, got the third overall pick. Hey, it's not like they dropped a bunch of places, but they could have had the second overall. Yeah. Of course, they could have had the first as well, but they, they went down one, if you will. And especially after seeing what Vegas did, it's probably frustrating seeing an expansion team getting yep. a better pick than you because you never know this crack and might do it again. So, you mean um, and like an expansion team? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if you're a Devils fan, you're looking at the Kraken right now thinking, why not again? We don't want to see this again. <laughs> we're sick and tired of this. When's the last time the Devils were any sort of good? Um, I can't when they made the finals in 2012. They made the finals? I did not remember that. They lost to the Black- Kings in the oh. finals in 2012. Really? Yeah. I thought that was. I thought 2012 was the Blackhawks year. No. Blackhawks won in 10, 13, and 15. Kings won in 12 and 14. And the Bruins won in 11. Right. And then yeah. probably the Penguins were all the filler years. Penguins won 16, 17. Caps 18. Blues 19. Yeah. Lightning 20. And Lightning 20. And yeah. this year... This year, hopefully Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although looking bad right now, seeing as they're losing their series. But mm-hmm. still. Hope. Not looking great, but still definitely not out. Um, um, and I was mistaken with the Vegas draft pick. They picked sixth okay, in, 20, okay. in 2017. Okay. Yeah, 2017. Who did they, they pick sixth. anyway? Cody Glass. Cody Glass, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so then we go from going the fifth overall pick all the way to the 10th. We have each team picking where they finished. And if it wasn't for the Coyotes having to forfeit their pick, it would have been um it would have been pick number five through the the rest of the round would have been exactly where teams finished. Because the uh the Coyotes forfeited their pick, so the Blackhawks pick eleventh instead. And I'm not complaining because now the Flames pick 12th instead of 13th. So, I mean, hey, it's one spot and one potential guy to be taken that you would have wanted. But uh, that's how that went down. Any any final comments to add? Like, no one got screwed over this year. No one really got screwed over. Um, yeah, I think you're going to see teams like the Kraken really benefit from this because I think they're going to have at least a semi-competitive team their first year. The Canucks are really going to benefit from benefit from this because they already, hmm, in my yeah. opinion, they were already a playoff team and they're picking top ten. Yeah, and they just had a really bad year. They did. Well, COVID kind of nuked their season because yeah. they had they had something going there for a little bit and then they had to like take what was it a whole month? It was close to. It might have been two or three weeks. But oh, okay, it, never mind I, then. I think it might have been three weeks. 
a por- good portion of a month L- there. Long enough that it screwed with the schedule. No kidding. Because <laughs> we saw regular season games going into playoff season. So, yeah. yeah. Alrighty. Any any other comments about the draft lottery? No? no Pretty straightforward? Yet. I think so, too. Alright, round one recap. Vegas, Minnesota. I know you have a lot to say about this, about this series. <laughs> Specifically um, game six, five yeah. and six. Being a being a ref yourself for uh, local games around here, um, he has a lot to say about the refing, but I'll start this series talking about it. Um, I didn't think he'd go to seven. I thought that... Um, I thought that Vegas would beat them quicker than that. I didn't see Minnesota going anywhere, really. But I was really surprised I went to seven games. But Vegas won like we pretty much everyone thought. Um, Now, there weren't any really big surprises there. But the biggest... what, what, What would you call it? The biggest glaring error in the series would be refing. Now, I'll let you take this away because I know you have a lot to say about it. Yeah, um, in game five and six especially, um, the refing was not very good. I didn't get to watch much of game seven. I only watched the last like ten minutes of the third because I got home from work late. I'll be but, honest, I didn't watch a single game of that series. Um, it was a very good series to watch. It I was probably my, should it was have. my favorite series to watch. I haven't had round. time to watch much playoff hockey. I should though. Um, didn't didn't see any of that series. Um, but game five, um. There what started off with the bad roofing that I noticed, and yeah. it was good old goalie interference, mm, which yes, our favorite drives, drives Edmonton fans up the wall. <laughs> no, um, no, no hard feelings, no flashbacks yeah, there no, to 2017. No, no flashbacks Ducks. at all. Yeah, Kessler. Ha- yeah, on Talbot. Hashtag Kessler. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's it was a Minnesota goal. And Marcus Foligno was standing in front of Flurry, um, outside the crease, might I add. Um, and Flurry, to challenge the shot, went right up against Foligno, went right to the top of his crease, mm-hmm. put his chest up against Foligno, and then um, he slid, the puck was slid across the net or it was shot or something, I can't remember which, and it went in. And looking at it, it's just like, well, that's a good goal. Yeah. It's like, nothing. nothing's wrong with that. But it gets challenged for goal interference, and they look over it, and they call it back. And it's like, why? It's like There was no good reason for that goal to be called back. Flurry put himself into Felino. Yep. He skated into him, so it was Flurry's fault in the first place. And even then, Felino was outside the crease anyway. Yeah. So that's the goalie's not entitled to space outside the crease. <laughs> um, so why on earth is that called goalie interference? It's like, okay, that's frustrating. And it's, it's a game that Minnesota ended up winning. Um, mm-hmm. So, but you look at it and you're like, Kate, Vegas is just like, Kate, we'll just win. Was game it by six. more than one goal? I can't remember. Okay. That's kind of important though. It is kind of important. <laughs> but um, yeah, I could look that up, yeah. but I'm not gonna. Um, um, I, I recommend you folks at home look up this play because it's kind of hard to, to visualize as is being described just look it up and i'm sure you'll have many opinions as soon as you see it considering it was counted no goal um very questionable call by the refs and uh toronto on that one when i say toronto for those of you who don't know it's the um situation room 
is based in Toronto. Nothing to do with the Maple Leafs. We'll get onto them later. <laughs> um, yeah, but that they, they follow that up in Game Six. They um, another goal interference w- was called. Um, this is Vegas scoring a goal on Minnesota, um, and they and this time it it was actually a very similar situation. Um, player back, backs in right to the top of the crease. There's a little bit in the crease. And then Talbot skates right up to them, puts his glove on their back. Um, and then the puck gets shot through the screen and it goes in. Same thing. It gets reviewed, gets called back for goal interference. It's like, why, why is that goal interference? Right. And it at, shouldn't have been. At the time, again, this is a game Minnesota won. Um, and um, I guess one bad call for another for each team yeah, then. that's true. I mean... Who knows if it was a, a makeup call, shall we say, <laughs> in reference to earlier this year. What was that ref's name anyway? I can't remember. Can't remember. Yeah. The guy who got fired for being caught on, on mic for giving a, a makeup call because yeah. he just wanted to get a penalty on the team to even things out. So that's what that's what we, we meant when we said that. But, um, I mean, hey, one bad call for another. Whether it was a makeup call or not, don't care. Both bad calls. But hey, each team had one go in their favor, so yeah, yeah you should you don't want to see those calls made. But in the end, it's not like unless it decided those games, then I don't see a huge problem um, with that second one. At the time, Vegas would have tied the game one one. Okay, so and they did end up losing that game as well. Um, I gotcha. think they ended up losing that game three nothing, right. if I remember correctly, with one of those being an empty netter. Okay. Um, I think I think that's how it went. So, would have what, if those two calls were were called correctly, would have that changed the series? Do you think? Um, I'm not sure. I was I I wasn't expecting it to go to seven like it did, but at the same time, I wasn't surprised because I do think Minnesota was a good matchup for against Vegas. Right. Like I think they're one of the teams that had a chance. Now Colorado is showing that they have a good chance as well the way they're playing. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah. So and Vegas did still end up winning the series. So I'm. Like, as frustrating as it was to watch, it didn't end up going that poorly. In Game 6, another thing happened is Vegas had a 2-on-1 taken away from them at one point because a Minnesota player um, ran into the post. But he ran into the post and hit his arm, and then he ended up skating off the ice anyway. So it was a little bit frustrating to see because... um, he ended up being fine and it was taking it took a two away two on one away from Vegas where they could have waited till a puck was bobbled or something like that. It, it, that that's a hard one as a ref too because you don't want you can ha- no matter which way you call it you're going to have people upset at you whether right. you take away the scoring chance or whether you let the hurt player stay there. Mm-hmm. But um what it, the way I looked at it it was like the player it it didn't look that bad to me at least again i might have been looking at a bit biased eyes because i was cheering for vegas but um yeah it looked it looked like a scenario where the play should have gone on at least until minnesota touched the buck or the scoring chance was reduced but okay that's fair yeah i don't have much to say about that except for i still think like those goal interference calls that that's not acceptable um i hope not to see more uh goal interference garbage in the future Though we tend to get a lot of that in today's day in the NHL. What was the year, was it two years ago, where we started seeing a ton of bad goal interference calls? 
I can't remember. I think it started around 2017 when the Oilers oh, really? got well, their crappy one. <laughs> I think that's when it it started around that then and like the heading into the next season. Right. Because I think people people's senses were heightened to it because of how loud a noise us Oilers fans made over that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd like to say something similar happened in the NFL with pass interference after the Saints um, didn't didn't get a call to head to the Super Bowl because of. A non-pass interference call. Nothing like that happened. I'm just going to keep bringing it up because I'm still <laughs> triggered about that, just like you're triggered about um, having seen Kessler sit on Talbot and then they score and no goal interference call. Um, and there was one other goal interference that happened in the Hurricanes-Preds series, which is the one we'll right. talk about next. Yes, Hurricanes-Preds. Um, who else is, is uh, surprised that Nashville lasted as long as they did? They I won, was, they won yeah. two games, and I was... Thoroughly shocked they won too. And they almost won they almost won more. They they put mm-hmm. they took every game to overtime except for the first game. Yep. And uh that that's a lot more than I suspected. I didn't watch that series either. Was it Saros that carried them? Um Yeah, I'd say so. I didn't yeah. watch much of it either. But okay. um it's Sar- probably a Saros safe assumption. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Um and the goal interference there, Saros was in his crease and Warren Fogle was it was the same kind of deal as the other two. He was backing up at the top of the crease, and they kind of his back touched Char- Saros's chest. But then Yossi skated in beside Saros, and he and then when Saros slid over to make the save, Yossi accidentally slew footed his own goalie, which who, made who, it. Who did you say did? Yossi was it Yossi? I th- yeah. Okay, I thought you said someone else. Yeah, it was um, Yossi. And um, and yeah, Yossi slew footed Saros. Um, so it's teammate on teammate. And there's a and there was some contact because Saro slid up into Fogel, who wasn't really in the crease. Um, right. And then they ended up calling that goal back for goal interference. Um, that would have that would have been a huge goal for Carolina at that point in the game. They did end up they I believe that would have been the game winner at that point, which would have won them the series. But then it did end up working out for them because they ended up winning it in overtime that game anyway. Right. So yeah, I just want to know since when does uh, slew footing your own goalie mean it's goal interference like? <laughs> like taking out your own goalie is not goalie interference. Sorry, that's not how it works. What was the call in that play? Um, it was called. I can't remember what it was called on the ice, but it was. Did it result in a goal? It result. Not? It resulted in no goal. Okay, good. It resulted, it resulted in no goal. Wait, no, sorry, no. I said that wrong. Yeah, no, no that's garbage. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> that's terrible. No bueno. No, no, no bueno. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to find, I see that, uh, we definitely mentioned the, uh, the, the hurricanes on their, their Twitter account Yes. And, and the predators. I'm trying to find it currently. It was something along the lines of, um, the hurricanes tweeted a Photoshop of, um, banners being lifted into the rafters of a Nashville game or at a Nashville game. And they, uh, making fun of the making predators. fun of them and it, it from said, like two seasons ago they that's right. put up a banner for like conference champions division champions yeah they, and... they put up a bunch of arguably stupid banners um okay i think i found it i said one got it go ahead okay yeah um they said banner night in uh banner night in nashville i found it here and it shows um three banners all labeled 2021 one says, I don't know how to say his last name, Taylor Lewin crushed a beer. Creed playing during played during intermission, which they did. Um, second loudest house in the NHL. 
<laughs> they tweeted that Photoshop with the the whole Rangers team. Sorry, not Rangers. Where did that come from? Predators team standing in front of the banners in front of a, a Nashville crowd. And uh, Carolina tweeted that out. And then um, they tweeted then a little while later um, a screenshot from of the Predators account. And it says, at Preds NHL blocked you. And the captioned, we've got friends in low places, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. Um, the Predators then proceeded to reply to that tweet with a simple bad Photoshop job. So who knows what happened there? I would like to, I'd like to think that they actually blocked the Hurricanes. That'd be funny. That would be funny. That'd be funny, but I don't know if that's actually, I don't know if that's actually true, but I think it's pretty funny. Regardless, I'd have to do some more research to find out if that's true or not, but regardless, it's pretty funny. Now, which series is next? Penguins Islanders. We both said that in, in our last show, we both said that it would very likely go to seven. It'd be a battle. It'd be a blood battle in seven. But we didn't know. I said Penguins would win in seven. I didn't. You didn't? <laughs> no, I, I don't recall Islanders. that. I you said Islanders in I, seven? I had Islanders from the start. Okay. I, yeah, and it, was, it was in seven. But. Mm. I said Pens in seven. It was, it was a, a toss-up. But uh, the Islanders walk away with it. Um, I honestly thought the Penguins would win. Like it was, I thought it would be a pretty safe assumption, honestly, um, considering the Penguins and their playoff history. I know they're not the exact same team, but they still have several of the same players, so I figured they could recreate some of the magic, but they couldn't quite get it done. And Tristan Jari couldn't quite figure out how to do the whole goalie thing. So he, he that tried wasn't to, he, beneficial either. He did his best Mike Smith impression. Mike Smith from when? Because Mike, Mike Smith, Mike Smith from the beginning of his doing... career to the end of his career. At least once a season. Did he this year do his Mike Smith thing where he goes to play the puck, gets burnt? Oh, that's what you're talking about. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He did it, but I think he only did it once. I okay. think he only did it once or twice all year. I was quite Regardless, impressed by it. Mike Smith loves to play the puck. Any chance he gets, he's playing the puck, basically. And... At least once a year, I'll check my Instagram and see Mike Smith mishandles the puck or passes it to the wrong guy, and then the other team scores on a wide-open net, or at least on a quick wraparound. They go behind the net, take the puck from him, do a quick wrap wraparound before he can get to the net. Um, it's I pretty mean, pretty characteristic of Mike Smith, and with, I guess... With Smith, it's worth it, though, with how much... Because he does do quite well in getting that breakup. He does, going. he does. Like, you, you see when it fails, and then... But it does... Like nine out of ten times it doesn't fail, and I know as an I'd Oilers say more than fan, that. I'd say more than nine times yeah. out of ten it it works. Yeah, so it's it, but I know as an Oilers fan, he quite often will flip a pass up to McDavid sitting on the blue line or center ice, and with how fast McDavid is, that is quite beneficial for yeah, our team. It works out, but so, Tristan Jari tried the yeah, same. Tristan thing. Tristan Jari is not Mike Smith. Mike Trist Smith is about the only goalie in the NHL that can do it. <laughs> yeah, and Tristan Jari did not have a guy with Connor McDavid speed waiting for the puck. And instead gave it to the wrong guy, who proceeded to... He didn't shoot it on a wide-open net, but Jari couldn't get his uh, composure back together in the crease before yeah. making a save, which he didn't, and uh, costed him a goal, costed his team a goal. Yeah. Did I say costed? I think you did. I, I did. don't think that's a word. Cost his team a goal. My apologies. <laughs> Welcome to the Dump and Chase podcast, where we make up words. And when I say we, I mean me. <laughs> 
Um, moving on, the Lightning and Panthers. Sadness for me, but I expected it. I Who was didn't also see sad. it? What? I was also sad. Yeah. Not as sad as you, but yeah. No, that's sad for sure. Um, random question: Why in our notes does it say jerseys? Because um, I'm I just, confused. I just put it at the end. The Lightning allowed fan had fans in their building. Oh, I heard um, about this. But somebody in apparently it was a rule that in the lower bowl of their arena, you nobody is allowed to wear merch from the opposing team. You couldn't cheer for the other team. Basically. You could cheer for them, but, but you could you not wear. You couldn't, you couldn't wear, wear like a hat or like a jersey. Not a hat or a jersey. Really? Um. So there were videos going around where security was going yeah. around telling fans and kids to remove their Panthers I saw jerseys. Like a, I saw a video of a security guard telling a dad and his son to take their jerseys yeah. off. Um, That's not okay. It got a huge uproar. And since the Lightning have removed that rule, and okay. they no longer have that rule. Because that's but, not okay. Like, I, I'm sorry. That's like, not okay. You made your money from selling the tickets. Let them wear whatever they exactly. want. Exactly. Like, well, not whatever they want. Okay, but... yeah, fair. Let them <laughs> represent the team they want to Let like them to represent wear. the team they want to represent. I don't have any problems with that. Um, yeah, so, okay. I can see why you said jerseys there. I was, I was very confused by that that bullet. Um, yeah. It was very much the same thing happened in the last couple games as the first bit, like we talked about last week. Goalies right. for Panthers were very inconsistent. Spencer Knight came in and started yep. the last two games, um, and he did the best out of all three of them. Yeah, um, he stole them game five. Like he's the reason that it made it to six games. He let in the first shot, and then I believe he made thirty-eight straight saves afterwards, and the Panthers won two or three to one. Okay. Um, so he stole game five, mm-hmm. and I don't think he played terrible in game six, if I recall correctly, either. But I'm such a great the... Panthers fan, I didn't even see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i've been been really busy and since the flames were weren't in the playoffs i honestly didn't overly care about watching games i just cared about looking at the highlights and seeing the 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 game results and what whatever there is to see on instagram from the games from the accounts that i followed to see what the highlights they posted so i'm a terrible panthers fan um i'm not a panthers fan anymore because they were eliminated <laughs> i was a uh I was a Panthers fan for the remainder of their playoff run, which lasted six games. So, yeah, that that's about that's about the extent of Noah being a Panthers fan. I would like to get a Sam Bennett Panthers jersey, though. I wouldn't be opposed to that. Who who would you like to win now if the Panthers are up? Who would you like to win? Not who you think will win? I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I don't have to think about that. Who's left? Well, okay, I'd love to see. Oh. I was going to say, I'd love to see the Canadians do well because they beat the Leafs. More on that later. A lot more on that later. Um, <laughs> but I can't bring myself to cheer for the, the Montreal Canadiens. Um, You've got the Bruins, the Jets, the Avs, the Lightning, the Islanders, the Canes, the Knights. I know they're not going to win, but I really like the Canes. Yeah, I do too. I like the Canes, but uh, that <laughs> I guess... Each team I cheer for is going to get destroyed in the round that they play in because I'm cheering for the Canes. You should cheer for Colorado, then. <laughs> Vegas needs help. <laughs> <laughs> Colorado's good. Playoff Mac is a beast. Not wrong. Yeah. Alrighty. Um. Speaking of, Avalanche versus Blues first round. Yes. Actually, I'm going to cut you off right there because it's time for break.
So Ooh. that's good reason for you folks to come back for the next portion of this podcast because we will talk about the Avalanche versus Blues, Capitals versus Bruins, which are very, very minor compared to discussing the Oilers versus the Jets and the Leafs versus the Habs. And I'm sure you're thrilled about talking about the Oilers versus the Jets. I'm looking forward to both of those, actually, because about the only th- about it'll be nice to follow up um, talking about my Oilers losing um, with talking about like my favorite subject, which is talking about the Leafs losing. So. Mm, yes. <laughs> All right. With that being said, we're going to head to break and we'll catch you on the flip side. We are back from break. Thank you for enduring that maybe two-second gap of <laughs> length of time. That's definitely the exact amount of time break We was. were definitely on break for literally two seconds. It took me about two seconds to change the camera battery and to cancel the recordings and save them and do all of that jazz. Don't question it. Um, what's the next series? Avalanche versus the Blues. Let's talk about it. Nathan McKinnon's trying to start McDavid better than McKinnon talks again, but yep, he like is. Like I said before, I'd actually rather have McKinnon than McDavid. So, so hey, yeah. I mean, if we're judging players being better based on offensive skill, purely offensive skill, then you can't say that that's true. But if you're saying better all-around player, you've got a debate. Yep. Okay. And I think it's McKinnon, but yeah. So I knew St. Louis, like right from the beginning, I figured St. Louis was going to lose this series. I expected more than getting swept. I didn't. Well, I expect maybe five. Maybe. Yeah. St. Louis is like one of my five least favorite teams in the league, and I think they're overrated. So I mean, yeah, we're both firmly on the Bennington is crap train. Um, They won the cup two years ago. They shouldn't be getting swept in the first round of the playoffs. The roster hasn't flipped over that much. Unless they won the cup two years ago, kind of by fluke, and they were they shouldn't Which, have won it in the first place. Exactly. <laughs> Bennington has not won a playoff game since he won the cup. The game that he won the cup was the last time he won a playoff game. I'll let you decide if Bennington is crap or not. All the games St. Louis won last year were won by Jake Allen. Because Bennington was so bad game one and two if he played two. Yep. But Jake Allen actually did well, which is why he ended up getting a contract in Montreal. Exactly. Bennington, not worth it. Alrighty. And O'Reilly. I was just going to say, O'Reilly said something very interesting before the series began. Do you have that quote, Ben? I would if my computer would load. Okay, you have that quote somewhere. Um, While he finds that... I don't know what I'm going to talk about, but I'm going to talk about something. Um, I think I'm just going to jump back on the Bennington hate train. Um, That's a nice train to be on. I think we did that last episode, <laughs> and we talked about how bad his contract is. Um, not, not um, what's his name, bad? DiPietro. DiPietro, thank you, Rick DiPietro. It's not Rick DiPietro bad, but it's bad. So um, he showed, like... Patrick Waugh impressions for the very first year. Was it? It was his rookie year, right? DiPietro? I can't. No, 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 no. Bennington. No. Bennington. I was going to say, Sorry. I don't remember DiPietro. That was a long time ago. I think I think we were I barely born. No, hockey. we weren't. Were we weren't born, were we? I think we were born. We were but... born? Okay. Anyway, that's beside the point. Um, But uh, 
Bennington, yeah. it was his rookie year that he won the cup, right? Yeah, his his rookie year, he took them to the playoffs and to the cup. Right, yeah. and he said that um, he deserved the uh, the Calder. The Calder, right? He that, actually outright said that there was a mistake made and that he deserved. That's it. That's right. He did say that. That's a huge sign that your goalie's arrogant and <laughs> couldn't be on your Tell team. me your goalie's arrogant without actually telling me that your goalie's arrogant. <laughs> that right there. Did you find the quote? I found it. Good time killing. Um, Ryan awesome. O'Reilly, a few days before game one of the Avalanche-St. Louis series, when asked in an interview about what he thought about being underdogs, we're going to have some fun and we are going to beat them. Yes, that aged like fine wine. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that didn't that didn't did not age well at all. So somebody catch him on another interview and ask him how he's feeling. Yes, please. Somebody, somebody. I want a reporter to question him on that. But sports reporters are too stupid to ask any good questions. Sorry, did I say that out loud? <laughs> Moving on, Capitals Bruins. <laughs> um, it was expected. It was expected that uh, the Bruins would win, and it would not. What, did it go to six games? No, it went nope, to game five. Yeah, it wasn't really expected that it would go any further. Um, the way the first few went, exactly. Before the series, people were expecting seven games could go either way, right? But, but then after the first game or two, people began to realize that no, that's not going to happen. Um, game five, the last game of the series, the Capitals outshot the Bruins. I just found this out today while looking through past games. 41 to 19 the capitals outshot the bruins yet they lost 3 to 1 so is it amazing goaltending on sorry what am i thinking no is it really bad goaltending sorry on the capitals side i would say probably in this situation because they had such a who did they start like in that game i can't remember who it was in that game that was a while ago I think it was a week ago now, actually. Because at the beginning um, of the year, they signed Lundqvist, but then he... Lundqvist was gone. He's gone this whole Sam- year. Samsonov was hurt to start. Right. So they started Vanacek, who got hurt. And then they started Anderson. And then Anderson out, went out with maintenance, like we talked... Or the, for maintenance day, like we talked about. And then Samsonov yeah. came back and then did poorly. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm not sure who started game five, but I know that Anderson, of the three goalies, was the only one that was really performing okay and do it and doing well but he he went out on a maintenance day so i kind of doubt that he started it my guess is it was probably samsonov okay it just sounds like a bad goalie situation in that series if uh not in boston no not in boston sorry yeah just for washington what do you think would have happened in that series if braden holtby had gone nowhere gone nowhere capitals would have pushed it more than five that's I don't, for darn sure. I think it would have gone to seven. With, even with Holtby doing as poorly as in Vancouver, I think that's a l- largely a Vancouver defense issue. Exactly. I don't think he would have done as poorly this year if he had stayed right where he was rather than going to Vancouver. Holtby is a very positional goalie because mm-hmm. he doesn't move overly fast all the time. He can have his moments, and he's had his moments, but he relies on positioning. And in Vancouver, because the defense is bad, he has to make the sliding cross-crease saves and all that. Right. And he's he's big and he's not overly quick, so he's he doesn't do well in that environment. The Vancouver, but Washington kept shots to the outside and they didn't let passes through the middle, which allowed him to stick to his position. I don't think Holtby is a washed up goalie, Mm-mm. even though he played like a washed up goalie. He did play like a washed up goalie. Maybe that was because he. Uh, I was I was going to make a joke about his helmet at the beginning of the year <laughs> and his turtles. You remember that? Yeah. He couldn't yeah. get his turtles across the border. <laughs> 
sadness, but he eventually got them across after quite a while. Um, but yeah, not not the story we thought we'd get with uh, at the beginning of the year when when he got there. That was that was a bit out of the blue. So was that comment? Um, <laughs> all right, what do you want to talk about first? Oilers, Jets, or Leafs, Habs? Um, you pick. I pick. Okay. <laughs> We're going to start with Oilers-Jets. So, Edmonton. Edmonton, Edmonton, Edmonton. Um, We saw a wonderful display of not a lot. I saw. He Connor didn't McDavid. watch any of the games. He just made fun of me after he saw the scores. Hey, hey, hey. I watched <laughs> the... I can't remember which game it was. I watched the third period and the first overtime. And then I'm like, well, crap, I got to go to bed. I got school tomorrow. Oh, was this the triple overtime? Yeah. Because we only we didn't make it. Was that game any... four? Yeah. Okay, that was game four. I watched the third period and uh, and uh, the first overtime. What a dedicated hockey fan, or at least Edmonton fan I am. It really shows that I'm a Flames fan, doesn't it? Um, But what? I was going to say, you're such a good Oilers fan that you didn't, you weren't watching Flames hockey during the playoffs. You chose to watch Edmonton hockey instead. That's oh, true. Oh, wait. <laughs> I didn't care to watch Flames hockey during the playoffs because they were playing the stinking Canucks for no reason. <laughs> and as you pointed out, pointed out before we started this show, the uh, the Calgary Flames won more games after the start of the playoffs than the Edmonton Oilers did. And that's pretty impressive considering the Flames didn't make the playoffs. And the Canucks as well. The Canucks and the Flames both won two games, as you mentioned, and the Oilers won none. It is true. It is sad. But it is true. Fun fact. But at the same time, it was a little bit inevitable having them playing four yes. games as the playoffs were going. It was. But uh, fun fact, the uh, the Edmonton Oilers won just this year just as many playoff games as the uh, Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> did you know that? Yeah, I, I did. Yeah, you did. That. Okay. Yeah. I, I just wanted to, to clear that up. Fun fact, Edmonton had the second most regulation wins in the whole NHL this season. Really? Yeah, only behind Vegas. Well, it looks like right Or no, sorry, that wasn't all year. That was only since that was after our first eight games, I believe. Okay. Because our first eight games were like two six and zero oh, because we right. had Koskinen in it. Yes. But. Well, it appears then that uh, regular season wins don't mean anything in the playoffs. You're not wrong. That's right, Connor McDavid. Where do you even begin with him? People in the comments are saying McDavid sucks. McDavid sucks. I'm a Flames fan. I don't like McDavid. He didn't suck in the playoffs, but he wasn't good. Yeah. He, it wasn't like he was out there looking like a lost dog who didn't know how to play hockey. He, he just didn't look like McDavid. He just didn't look like McDavid. He, he had a lot of moments um, as the series went on. The thing with this series is we did get swept, but I've heard it described, and I would agree watching all the games, and I've heard it described as this by analysts and players and people on both sides. This is the about as close a sweep as you can get because the yeah. Oilers got swept, but in every, in the first three games, we outshot the jets mm -hmm. in all three of them. And we outplayed them and Hellebuck stole all three of those games. And we were just lucky enough that Smith was matching Hellebuck for the most part in keeping them close as well. Um, but yeah. we, we outplayed and outshot the jets in the first three games, but they scored and the score is what matters. Right. And then in the last game, um, we took a triple overtime and we dominated all three overtimes. Like, we had the puck in their zone for over half of every overtime that yeah. for the t amount of time that was played. It just, Kyle Connor was, 
Kyle he, Connor. He, well, he he admittingly said he was not the when he got a stretch pass from Pionk, I believe it was. Um, he was not ready for a pass. He was lazily back checking because it was so late in the game that it was essentially a scrimmage and his legs were dead tired, but it, he had just gotten on the ice. So it wasn't his turn to shift. So he was gliding back from the Oilers zone to the Jets zone as the Oilers went on a rush and McDavid gave away the puck at the Jets blue line. And then Pionk flipped it up to the lazily back checking Connor who happened to get a breakaway because Edmonton was going on offensive rush. So it was just really, really unfortunate timing for the Oilers. Sounds like Great it. Great for the Jets. But was was Kyle Connor the? Uh... No, who was it? It was Ehlers. Came back from injury. Who came back from injury and, and then ripped three. you apart in Game Three? Yeah. I I remember watching the highlights for that game. Yeah. Uh, I was busy that evening. That's going to be my excuse for not watching that game. But I wouldn't have watched it otherwise. <laughs> That's beside the point. Um, but I I remember before the game started, you messaged me sent me a post that said Nikolai Ehlers to return for game three. And you're like, uh-oh, crap, this isn't good. <laughs> and then later that evening, I see that he got two goals and an two, assist. Two goals, including the game winner. I don't know if he had an assist. No? Okay. Two goals and one was an OT winner. Yeah. And I couldn't help but laugh and think about that post that you sent me. I sent the same post to my Winnipeg Jets fan roommate from school. Ah. And... He found it just as amusing. He probably found it more amusing yeah, than I did. That's, that's probably true. Um, Darnell Nurse was a really interesting story throughout mm-hmm. this series. Yeah, um, you were telling me. I, the, I didn't even know that before. Yeah, Ben told me all of this right before the podcast started. The I first, didn't know. The first three games. Well, game one, he was a li- he was average. He was our best defenseman all year, bar none. Um, some people uh, want him considered for Norris Trophy. I don't think he should be considered for nope. the Norris Trophy, but I would could say that top uh, 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 fifth ranked, like the fifth ranked as number five, could be reasonable with the amount of time oh, he okay. played. And um, like he he scored the second most goals from a defenseman in the NHL. Okay, uh, he had the second most. I think he had sixteen, and then um, somebody had eighteen. I believe I can't remember who it was. Um. And then, so he had the second most for goals. He wasn't up there for points. He didn't get a ton of assists. But, and all almost all of those were power play, were not power play points. They were even strength points and goals. All all the goals except for one were even strength. Um, and he plays power play. Um, and he played an average of about 30 minutes a night for us. And he played solid, solid defensively, which is a huge surprise for a lot of Oilers fans because I know myself, for the last three years, I've been talking about how overrated Nurse is. All right, so you're, gonna, you're, like you're saying that but Darnell Nurse was the uh, was the Oilers' best defenseman this year by far, and he was one of the best defensemen in the NHL. Tyson Berry. Tyson Berry had more points. But <laughs> I, I do think to, I just had to bring up Tyson Berry. I unlike most Oilers fans, I liked Tyson Berry this year. You know what? He has defensive struggles, but you know what? So did Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson yeah. looked pretty dang good with Ottawa, scoring seventy-eight points a season. And Barry scored forty eight points this year, I yep. believe. Um, and only he was he led the league for defensive yeah, points. He, he only was, behind, sorry, no, Adam Fox was behind him by one point. Yeah. So Barry led in points, and people say, well, he's only good because of McDavid. Well, then why didn't any other defenseman before this put up forty eight points with McDavid? Only he put up this many points with McDavid. So Barry, fair point, fair point. Barry has been an all star caliber offensive defenseman most of his career. Ex- except for his season with the Leafs last year. Yep. And he has defensive struggles, but that's the realities of an offensive defenseman is you get defensive struggles because they score a lot. Right. Um, so quick side but, note, who's winning the Norris? 
who's winning the Norris. I think it's going to be Fox. I was going to say Hedman or Fox. I think it's going to be Fox, but I don't like that because I don't think a second-year defenseman should be winning the Norris Trophy unless he is far above and beyond every other defenseman in the league. But Makar is right there with him. I don't think Makar should win either. Hedman is right there with him. I want Hedman to win, but I don't think he will. I hate to say it, but Adam Fox, is he's a bit of a piece of crap. Mainly because you don't hate to say that. Ma- mainly because, as a Flames fan, he was drafted by us, and we knew he wasn't going to sign with us, so we had to trade him. We traded him to Carolina. They were stupid enough to take him. He didn't sign with them either, and then he demanded to go to New York, the only place where he would have played. I don't think. What was he? he Eric Lindros, the Flames. Yeah. Because that's exactly what he did. He was drafted by the Nordiques, and he said, "Ain't no way." I'm going to Philly. I don't think there's any place for that as a rookie in professional sports. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, anyway, I want, that was a. Side, I want Hedman to win. Oh, well, I want Nurse to win. Is what I want. I want Nurse or Barry to win. But I don't Nurse think it's isn't going to happen. I I wouldn't be surprised. I I'm not expecting it, but I wouldn't be surprised if one or Nurse or Barry got nominated for it for top three the way they performed because of their offensive numbers. But too much of the. More likely Barry than Nurse because too much of this trophy is based on offense production nowadays. Right. What about um, uh, Mackenzie Weger? No. No? You don't no. think? He, he did well. He did I think he did well. really well. He did quite well, but I would take Hedman over him. Or well, McCarr. yeah. I don't really want McCarr to win either. Same reason as Fox. He's a second year. I'd be okay with McCarr winning because he I'd was be, on my fantasy I'd team. I'd be more okay with McCarr than Fox. Yeah. McCarr but, was hurt for a good chunk of the year, though. Yeah. I, I want it to be Hedman. I think it's going to be Fox. But Yeah. Also, um, I think Roman Yossi would have been in the conversation if he hadn't gotten hurt for a bunch of the year. Yeah. I almost traded him when he got hurt. Yeah. Um, with Nurse, though, he played in... Let me get my post here. In the last game, in the triple overtime, he played 62 minutes and 7 seconds, which is third all-time in the NHL for all-time games played. First place is Seth Jones. I'm say Seth Jones from last for, year's from last quadruple year. overtime. Um, but that was a quadruple overtime, so a full another period, and he played 65 minutes, only three minutes more than Nurse. Oh, so Nurse, Nurse played a full proportionately more. Left. Yeah, and then Sergei Zubov is second with 63 minutes and 51 seconds, a minute and a half ahead of Nurse. Okay. Um, and I'm not sure when that was. But and Nurse also set an Oilers record, breaking Chris Pronger's from like 2006 or something yeah of like 42 minutes so he like blew that out of the water by like 15 minutes yeah for an oilers record but he also in the span of like 24 hours he played a total of like 96 nhl minutes and also his wife or girlfriend had a kid in that span as well so he played a game in winnipeg and then flew home to edmonton and he played about 35 minutes in the winnipeg in game in winnipeg he flew home to edmonton um, took pictures with his new kid yeah. and then later that day took a nap or something because he would have been in a rush and he wouldn't have got much and sleep. probably a few red bull yeah <laughs> and then he played 65 minutes for edmonton record setting night later that day and only was, to lose only to lose he actually was quite bad in regulation but in overtime he that's was quite good. actually for him really disappointing to see go he's an absolute madman flies home sees his newborn was it daughter or son? I'm remember. not sure. Newborn newborn kid, newborn baby. And then did he have to fly back to, or was the game in Edmonton? The game was in Edmonton. game was in Edmonton. Home, home advantage. Right. And then he proceeded to play a record-setting 65 minutes of NHL hockey. 63. 
61. Oh, 61. Yeah, 65, no, 65 was, Jones. was Jones. Yeah. Regardless, very impressive feat. Probably with a man on only a few hours of sleep yeah. and jacked up on adrenaline, probably. Yeah. Um, Jujar Kara, very, very disappointing all mm-hmm. series. He, Invisible. He was invisible. He was a liability. He made a lot of defensive mistakes. He scored one goal, which was nice, but which we didn't do much of. Sounds like something but, James Neal would do. Uh, Kara is a centerman. He's our fourth line. He's a bottom six centerman, so that should mean he's good at faceoffs. But the last two games, his faceoff percentages were like 36% and 25%. Ouch. And it's like, you can't have that as your fourth line centerman. No. You need to have uh, somebody who can win yeah. faceoffs. Um, Josh Archibald got suspended for game four. That was a stupid suspension. Um, do you remember the seeing the video I sent you? No, that's fine. Um, it doesn't matter too much. Essentially, um, oh no, I do remember it. It was he, a it was a dumb suspension. Yeah, he he tripped up a, one of the Jets players yeah. and got suspended. It was weak. Yeah. Um, all these comments are saying hashtag free McDavid hashtag free McDavid. I don't know if I buy into that. McDavid's probably going to stick around for at least another year. And if the exact same thing happens, it's going to be hard to imagine he doesn't get frustrated and want to leave. I disagree. I think this is going to have to happen a lot more than that for him to leave. You think he's going to be sucked into the Oilers' vortex of mediocrity for years to come and never win a cup? I don't think it's going to be a vortex of mediocrity to this point. I don't. I don't there's gonna, we need to improve still um holland is gonna have to work some magic with our cap space mm-hmm. um but that's gonna get better this year we have bios coming off the books and stuff like that but okay um i i don't think mcdavid's gonna leave don't get me wrong as long as we traded him i wouldn't be devastated as long as we got a good return right but i, I really i don't think he's gonna leave him and draft day 2015 i remember and there were rumors that the Oilers might take Eichel over McDavid. Probably just people starting rumors just to because it was so obvious McDavid was going to get chosen. Yep. They wanted some to start. But the biggest thing I didn't like right from the start is Eichel ha- had a really arrogant, bratty attitude. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think, why you're seeing him now requesting trades from Buffalo. Um, there, I, are, I there are some other reasons, well, too. Okay, because there's a Buffalo difference between could, being bratty and arrogant and wanting a trade out of the dumpster fire of Buffalo. Um, yes, that's true, and Buffalo is a dumpster fire right now. I think but if McDavid was there, I think he would want out. I'm I'm not 100% sure he would because he's so competitive and he's so loyal. He, that's the way he's been his whole his whole life. He's been super competitive, but he's super The poster boy for that friends. is Nugent Hopkins. Yes, that's true, and I really hope we don't lose him, but that's a conversation right. for another time. I could talk so about that for with, a long time. We're talking but. about how much money he's taking up. Too much. Too yeah. much. Now, only one of the NHL's top 17 paid players is still in the playoffs, and that's Carey Price. Every other player in the top 17 isn't in the playoffs right now. By the way, three of those players are on the Leafs. Shocker. <laughs> um, probably two of them are on the Oilers, for sure. And more. two of them are on the Oilers. Um, so, with that being said, Carey Price is the first player in NHL history to win a playoff series with a salary of more than $10 million. AAV. So, that begs the question: Are high play are high paid players worth it? Um. Well, to is a top like, heavy team gonna prove success a top in the heavy playoffs? Team. In I, the playoffs, they can. Um, okay. The Penguins have been a top heavy team for a long time, right? Um, and they won two cups on it, much to my chagrin. Um, right. Tampa but, Bay. Oh, they're not no, a top-heavy team. They just, just they just heavy. have first. They just have first liners <laughs> on every line. Um, they're just stacked. 
Um, um over the cap. Anyway, um I call had... Colorado right now is a very very top heavy team. I don't know about that. They have McCarr scoring on defense and they've got McKinnon, Ranton and Landeskog and they've got um and then they've got Kadri. You just listed five players. That doesn't sound top heavy. All of them are first liners. I can name players like that on every five too. players. Uh, this season, Nurse, Barry, McDavid, Drysidel, Hopkins. You can't put all those guys on the same level as those Colorado guys. I would put Hopkins just as Hopkins and Landeskog are almost the exact same player. No. Yes, one hundred percent. I Hopkins entirely disagree. Hopkins is one with of that. the most underrated players in the NHL, and okay. he always has been, and probably okay. always will be. Right, um, and he'll never win a cup. And so long as he stays I've, in Edmonton. And Drysidel showed last year and this year that he does not need McDavid to be no, the that's top true. in the league. And Rantanen has yet to show that he can be the player he is without McKinnon. I think he is a good player without McKinnon, but he hasn't shown it yet. So if you take Drysidel Rantanen, I'd take Drysidel over Rantanen. When I'm talking top-heavy teams, I'm thinking about, well, the Oilers are the perfect example of mo- like a lot of the salary cap is combined in two players now that that's where colorado doesn't become a top heavy team anymore then exactly. toronto is a top heavy team and they haven't been doing much toronto is also a top heavy team it's wrapped up in three players yeah which is worse which is worse so that really begs the question Actually, four players for toronto is it worth it to be paying superstars that much money because mckinnon said that he would willingly take not as much on his contract just so he could have better teammates. Do you remember it, that? Yeah, and yes. it is definitely beneficial for the Stars to do that, and I do think the Stars should do that, because you know what? What's the difference going to be between 12 and $8 million for you guys? I don't even make one. So Exactly. <laughs> um, Over the course of your lifetime, just invest it right, and you'll be sitting pretty for the rest of your life. Yeah. Or just don't spend it foolishly, and you'll be sitting pretty for the rest yeah. of your life. So, yes, I do think that Stars should be doing that. I also think, though, the way the NHL is going and the way the salary cap is trending that more and more players are going to be getting paid over $10 million because the NHL is working on signing big TV deals, which is going to up the salary cap. Okay, fair. As long as the salary um, cap goes up, then the salaries can go up as well. Which the ca- is... cap won't go up for a few years now, probably because of the COVID situation. Right, okay. But, um, but I've I've been seeing um, cap, or sorry, contracts of players get higher and higher without the cap increasing, which I don't think is a... Um, a sustainable method to success and long-term success at that in the playoffs. I think if you have a top-heavy team like the Edmonton Oilers, and this year was the perfect example. Connor McDavid, an amazing player. Top two, if not one, player in the league currently. Now, if you take him, and if you're the opposing team, and you tell your defense, if you watch hours of film and all of this stuff and figure out how to shut that one guy down, you've shut down one of two key role Three. players on that team. Three. Three? Hopkins. No, I'm, I'm talking about the, the cap. like the. Oh, you're talking about the cap? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. you've yeah. shut probably... How, I wonder how much of the Oilers' cap McDavid takes up. It's probably not, it's not a quarter. No. no. There's $85 million a cap. McDavid gets paid 12 Oh, okay, yeah, no. <laughs> you've taken a decent fraction of the Oilers' cap, and you've neutralized it. McDavid was fairly ineffective in the playoffs, so you've neutralized that. Now you take, then you you're left with Drysidel, who's played well, yeah. I think. He's worth his eight million. Right, he's okay. worth eight million oh, is not oh, an overpay. He's right definitely now. worth his eight million. Yeah. So you take him, 
you have Dreisaitl, and then you have Hopkins, and then you have your two defensemen. Um, Nurse and Barry. Nurse and, Nurse and Barry. Barry aren't being paid much. No, they aren't being paid much, but then you have those guys left, and that's your team for the playoffs. Do you think that team's going to the, win the Stanley Cup? No, they aren't, because they don't have enough depth on that to win the playoffs, just on that. Once you get rid of McDavid, if you're to take either McDavid or Dreisaitl out of the Oilers, they're not going to do as well as they are, obviously. But if you take McKinnon out of Colorado, do they do it? Do they do as well as they're doing? And if you take no, Mark don't. Stone out of Vegas or Fleury out of Vegas, actually, right? No, they do don't. They do as well. No, they don't do as well. But they won't. I, I feel like the gap between how a team would be doing. Say it was an injury, regular season. McDavid gets hurt. Say at the same exact time. Just hypothetical. Say. The Colorado Avalanche and the Edmonton Oilers were doing, they had the exact same amount of points, same amount of games played, and both McKinnon and McDavid got hurt at the exact same time. That's not going to happen, but just for argument's sake, let's say that happened. And they both come back at the same time. I think you'd find that the Colorado Avalanche, at the end, we will have uh, more points than the Edmonton Oilers because they have a little more, their cap is a little more spread out. So I think you'll find they'll, they'll be doing a little better. I do. I don't disagree. The Oilers' cap is not the greatest situation right now. Um, I don't think McDavid is not an egregious overpayment. No, he's he, not. He's worth what he's being paid. It's just teams like Avalanche or the Penguins with Crosby are showing that when the stars take pay cuts, the teams do better because you can get mm-hmm. more players. Um, but I don't think the Oilers are a shallow team anymore. I do think the Oilers are a deep team. It's just there are deeper teams is the issue. Um, I do not think Colorado is one of the deeper teams. No. Um, Colorado, I think in the situation you described, I think Edmonton would come out on top. Because at you that, think? Because at that point, who's each team's best player? You have Dreisaitl. Dreisaitl and you have Rantanen. Rantanen. Dreisaitl's better than Rantanen. And right. I, be- I but then, firmly no, no, believe... No, my point is then you go down, and then you have um, Landeskog, and you have Makar, who I would say... M- Makar had less points than Barry this year. Right, but Makar was hurt for a good chunk of the year. You realize that? That, that is true. Yeah, Makar. Uh, I would know because he was on my fantasy team. And I was very cheesed that he got hurt. Um, but Nurse played way better defensively than Makar did because Makar's an offensive defensive. Right, I, okay. I would, so defensively, the... Um, the camera just shut off. <laughs> again. Whoops. De- I don't def- know what happened there. Defensively, anyway, the continue. Avalanche are not an overly great team. Defensively, the Avalanche are very average teams, but their defensemen perform well at their specific jobs. Um, Edmonton is a better defensive team. We have where we need a, we have holes like Caleb Jones needs to not be an oiler anymore because yeah. he doesn't, he doesn't do well. We need, what we need is we need Ryan Clefbaum back. Uh, Oscar Clefbaum. I just said Ryan you said Clefbaum. Ryan Clefbaum. That sounded I was weird. like, as soon who as it came that? out of my mouth, <laughs> Oscar, we need Oscar Clefbaum back. Um, Oscar Clefbaum back. That would be huge. Cause then we have Clefbaum, Larson, Nurse, uh, Barry probably won't be back next year. Um, Bouchard will probably play next year um bear so we have good defensemen right um we're gonna i think in three to five years i think as long as we can manage to keep these guys i think you see evan having one of the best defense cores in the league but it'll take three to five years because a lot of our guys are young yeah um but if on offense we've got we've still got um archibald cassian and um uh, Ryan McLeod, who's a rookie who played very, very well for us this year. 
Um, so I think that depth-wise, we do have good depth. And I do think that we can perform without McDavid. Um, we haven't had the chance to prove it yet, so it's hard for anybody to speculate because right. it's just since his injury, which is was when he got hurt, was a very different team than we have now. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't had the chance to prove that. But right. Okay, so we're now at an hour on the show. Yet we still have the Leafs and Habs to discuss. So, do we want to save that for another show, or should we just full send it and uh, go overtime? I say we full send it because otherwise we're just going to go overtime on the next one. Good point. That is a very good point. Where do we even want to start with the Leafs and Habs series? Um, go Habs. <laughs> go Habs. I mean, yeah. Um, the Habs had fans. Well, I guess the Leafs did too, but Habs had fans for their last game. But those ticket prices were, but averaging between five to ten thousand dollars. I saw the one ticket bar down posted on Instagram was forty six hundred dollars. Yeah. That's about what I paid for my truck. Yeah. I'm so, not paying $5,000 to go to a hockey game. I don't care if it's I don't <laughs> care hockey against exactly. the Leafs or, or whatever. I don't care if I could guarantee that I was going to see the Calgary Flames win the Stanley Cup in an overtime thriller. Game 7. Don't care. I'm not paying $5,000 to go to a hockey game. Yeah. It's not worth it. No. And I feel bad for those... those uh. I feel bad and I don't feel bad for those uh, 500 health healthcare workers who are allowed into the game. I don't feel bad for them this because... For game seven. For game seven. I don't feel bad for them because they're Leafs fans. They had it coming to them. <laughs> Yet I also feel bad because then they had to pay that money. I'm not sure I'm not sure if they were brought in or if they were allowed to buy tickets. I'm not sure how that worked. I think they were brought in. Okay. Well, regardless, even if it was free, it was pretty much not worth it. Um... I mean, it's it's hockey, so whatever. But, um, yeah, that's just disappointing. Blowing a three to one series lead, like, come on, you can't get more. No, I was gonna say you can't get more Leafs than that, but you can, and that's losing to a Zamboni driver. That's the most Leaf th- Leafs things ever. Leafs thing ever. Or it was four one against Boston. Or that. <laughs> there is that. Um, there's a meme out there. It's like. If you're given $7,500 of spending money, what can you do? You can buy a Honda Civic from 2005 for 7000 You can kill someone for $5,000 oh, with good. a picture of McDavid elbowing Kotkaniemi in the face. Yep. <laughs> um, you can get 375 $19 Fortnite cards for exactly $7,500. Mm. But you cannot go to a Habs game, which was selling tickets for $8,060. Nice. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, goaltending in that series though, I was very pleased with how the goaltending happened on both sides because I was I ranted about the goaltending for both these teams all season. Right, and I talked all the time about how Price. You know what? He had a bad season, but he also had an injured season. Yeah, he and did. he is not a washed up goalie. Kind of like no, Holby. he is still one of the best, if not the best, goalie in the league. He stole that series, and he proved me right in this series. He is the reason Montreal won. Yep, he is, for sure. Um, another reason, I think Montreal's best player in Game 7 was Mitch Marner, don't you think? Um, I didn't watch the game. Oh, You didn't get my joke, did you? Yeah, I, I, just, I just got it. Yeah, Montreal's best player was Mitch Marner, <laughs> yep. shooting the puck over the glass, <laughs> taking a terrible penalty. Um, his sixth career uh, playoff penalty 
five of those six penalties have been for shooting the puck over the glass. Wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I did see that. I just, I was trying to find that before the show, but I couldn't, I couldn't remember what the stat was. I knew it was a lot of penalties having yeah. in the playoffs, having shot the puck over the glass, but okay. That that's, that's a thing. Good for him. Not at all. Um, <laughs> is this it for Marner in, in, uh, in Toronto? No. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. I what, have another theory on what Toronto is going to what do. What changes in Toronto after this? Because clearly something has to change. This season, I think practically nothing will change. Really? Yeah, because of how well they did in the regular season. I don't think that's what should happen. Um, I think that's what will happen. What I think should happen, and it might end up happening. Uh, no, it probably won't. But what I think should happen, and this is a very, very, very unpopular opinion, um, but I think what needs to happen is the Leafs come up to, say, two or three years left on Matthew's contract, which might be this season or next season, because I believe he only signed a five-year. I'll look it up. Um, but I think what needs to happen is I think Matthews is the one who needs to get traded because he will get fetch an insanely good value mm-hmm. on the trade market. Like, he won the Maurice Richard this year. He's He was the best goal scorer in the league. Um, so he... I think he should get traded. Um, my reason being, A, he gets you a good return. Um, B, you have enough offense anyway that you are still you still should be able to do something. Like between Marner, Nylander, and Tavares, I mean, I think Nylander might... I've always thought Nylander might be a good one to go, but he was like their best player this series. So maybe I've been... Maybe I've sold him short a little bit. But um, yeah, I think that if you trade Matthews... But I think Matthews is going to be an unloyal leaf i think he's gonna look at this and say okay i'm sick and tired of losing in the first round kind of like what we talked about with mcdavid so the difference is is matthews has somewhere to go matthews has arizona okay and arizona is rising they're rising slowly but they are rising from their mediocrity and matthews grew up in arizona and he loves arizona and he trains there he still lives there during the off season he always talks about it um kind of like what Tavares did with toronto yep um and I think if the Leafs keep losing in the first round, that you could, not will, but you could see Matthews dip in free agency when he hits it and sign in Arizona for $15 million. This next season is the uh, the middle of his contract. He signed a six-year deal. Six-year, okay. And uh, on that last year of his deal, he has a no-movement clause. Okay. Um, so 2021-2022 season is... Uh, smack dab right in the middle of his contract yeah what the leafs need is a defensive defenseman they do anderson is not the issue in toronto anderson is a good goalie i found it hilarious always played well yet he gets crapped on all the time yes and i don't know why i found it hilarious during free agency the leafs needed a defensive defenseman so who do they go and get tj brody tj brody i'm a flames fan i didn't like the guy huge liability he tried to produce on offense which he couldn't do um every now and again he could he used to be able to but in i think he actually did well offensively for them right he did but then towards the end of his flames career he was playing like crap so why did they go after TJ Brody? Jake, I don't know. Jake Muzzin is their only established defensive defenseman they have. Yes. And he got hurt in game six, and look what happened in game seven. Surprise, surprise. Well, he didn't play. They lost. 
Yeah. And they blame Anderson for not doing well, yet Anderson and whoever's playing in net for Toronto faces 45 shots a game because their defense can't stop the puck from getting to the net. What could possibly ever go wrong with yeah. that idea? When you're relying on winning games 6-3 and 6-4, that's not a good recipe for um, playoff success. You're a good – or uh, rather a not good recipe for success in the playoffs is ignore defense and just – score the lights out yeah that is not a good idea it's because even look at edmonton edmonton is an offensive team we were one of the most bet one of the highest goal scoring teams in the league all year yet come playoff time hellebuck decided that he was one of the best goalies in the league for the playoffs Mm -hmm. and he showed up and we couldn't score anymore and all of a sudden we were doing okay because of our defense and our goaltending but we still couldn't score if you run into a hot goalie in the playoffs you're pretty much toast, unless you have a hot goalie as well. Yeah. That's just how it goes. Yeah. Um, also, fun fact, I can't remember which game this is, but uh, Jesperi Kokaniemi for the Canadians, um, I think this might have been game seven. It was game seven or six, I believe. Yeah. Um, he played, he's, where's number 15? He played, that was his 15th playoff game. He scored, no, I, I think this was game six, yeah. He scored the game winner. 15 minutes and 15 seconds into overtime on the 15th shot of overtime and ended the game with exactly 15 minutes of time on ice. My only question with all of that is who the heck figured that out? (laughs) It was like, wait, how many 15s can we figure out of this one goal? (laughs) Like, did they figure, oh, it's also been um, 15 to the power of 40 seconds since he was born like someone will figure that out too my guess is probably a it was i don't know what that number is by the way (laughs) don't look it up it was probably some fantasy owner that was like that looked at his stat line or whatever and saw a bunch of 15s but at the same time those are not all things you'd see on fantasy so it could have been an analyst or it could have been somebody who a habs fan that didn't watch the game looking through the box score and saw kokaniemi scoring 15 15 into overtime he's like hey he wears number 15 i wonder if there are more 15s finds out it was his 15th playoff game finds out it was the 15th shot of overtime finds out that he had 15 minutes of ice time it's just like that is funny it was also posted by spit and chicklets so it could have just been figured out by an analyst and told to paul bissonette or something like that so someone who lives in their mother's basement and overanalyzes hockey and doesn't have anything else to do yeah, gotcha. pretty, pretty much okay <laughs> good glad we established that oh uh-huh. i mean i always find those obscure stats funny like if it's like these stats are being tracked and then like in in i'm pretty sure in the nhl but also in the nfl they've recently just ramped up their stats tracking um and by the way what i hate all the advanced stats tracking and the stuff they put in equipment if that's what you're that's what i'm talking about the stuff they put in equipment yeah that's i I don't i don't like that it's messed with pucks this year. okay you know what needs to happen in the nhl i've said this for years why is it so hard to come up with a little chip inside the puck that knows when it crosses the goal line well they have tech in the pucks now and it's tracking speed and stuff like that. Yeah, but, but why not when it goes into the net? Isn't that the most important part of the whole game? I think the reasoning they're doing that is to protect the ref's jobs and to keep it authentic that way. But at the same time, then why do you have reviews for absolutely everything? Because then we get crazy, but... 2004. If that technology had existed back in 2004, the Flames would have two Stanley Cups. 
if there had been a good review in 2004. If there had been any sort of review in 2004, the Flames would have had two Stanley Cups. There there, there was no need for a puck chip on that one. Right. (laughs) Again, I go back to the NFL. Patrick Mahomes, probably the best, no, the the best quarterback in the NFL right now, um, like a week or two ago said he, he expressed the need for tracking technology inside the football to let it, to um, let the refs know when um, the football breaks the plane in the end zone for a touchdown. Yeah. Like, why not? I don't get it. Anyway, moving on. Um, you want to briefly go over suspension drama? Let's just do it real quick, because by the time next week rolls around, it'll be old news. It will be. And we are an hour and 15 into the show, which isn't terrible. So let's continue. Go for it. Um, okay. Nazem Kadri got suspended last week, eight games for that hit to head. We talked about it already. Um, he went and he appealed it and, um, brought it. Gary Bettman chose to uphold the suspension. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's the right call, I think. Repeat offender, it's the right call. We discussed that last week. Um, I think it's fine that it didn't uh, get um, overturned or at least reduced. Sorry. Yeah. What I, do you think? I, I agree. I okay. agree. I think eight games was the right call to start with. I'm glad Gary Bettman held it. Generally, they do reduce these and players um, challenge them and try to get them reduced. So I'm glad they didn't on this one. Yeah. Kadri is a player that deserved it. Yep. Okay. Um, Ryan Reeves. The Ryan situation. Ryan on Ryan. Reeves on Graves. Oh, I didn't realize. Oh, yeah. Look at they that. are both Ryan. Um, one Ryan was attempting to attack the other Ryan, and he did <laughs> just that. Um, Two-game suspension. If you haven't seen the clip, I I recommend you go search it up to know what we're talking about. Um, just look up something along the lines of Ryan Reeves suspension. I only had Ryan to look Graves. up Ryan Reeves, and it was the first thing that popped up. Or that you'll you'll find it. Um, he basically yeah he attacked him. Um, then once he was on once Graves was on the ground, uh, Reeves put his knee on his head, and you can't really see much through the cameras because there are legs in front and different bodies around you couldn't really see, but. It was malicious. There yeah. was there was no reason to have that in a game. Other than Vegas losing 5-1. Okay, fair. Not not a legit reason. <laughs> not a legit reason, but okay. Yeah, that, that's fair for why he would do that. But not fair, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, He only got two games. A lot of people were saying that's far too short. My biggest issue, like two games, fine. I'm fine with it. My biggest issue with all of this is why did Tom Wilson only get get <laughs> only get fined five thousand dollars? It was a very similar play, actually. Very similar. Well, the only difference, as far as you can see, again, there are a lot of legs in the way with the Reeves play, is that Reeves put his knee on the back on Ryan Graves's head rather than Tom Wilson putting his cross checking the guy's checking, head multiple cross checking the neck and punching the back of the head or yes. whatever. So it's very similar situations. Some could argue the knees worse. Some would argue the cross checks worse. You could argue that the Tom Wilson situation was more malicious. Yeah, but both but, sides have an argument. Really, they should have been equal suspensions. They should have, which would have been about because both are repeat offenders. Mm-hmm. Um, so both that would have equaled a two game suspension for Reeves, like what he got, 
and a four-game suspension for Wilson because playoff game suspensions count. One game is worth two regular, regular season, season games. Regular season, yeah. Which means the Kadri suspension would have been 16 games. Yeah. Yikes. Anyway, um, any other any further comments on that? Not really. Nothing much else yeah. to say? A, Reeves got what he deserved. It's just Wilson should have gotten gotten that as well. Right. A very also, familiar story around, uh, around the NHL right now. Yes. About an hour ago um, in the... Uh, the Jets um Habs game. Which uh, I Mark, believe the Habs won. Which the Habs won? Okay. Um Mark Shifley um goes after there it's was it the end of the game because the net was yeah, empty. There was a minute left. There was a minute left, okay. And uh um uh Jake Evans has the puck behind the net. He turns turns around the net, puts his head up, and here comes flying my Mark Shifley. Very uncharacteristic of Shifley. Comes flying at full speed, puts his shoulder forward, leaves his feet to smoke Evans in the head. You Again, look up this play. All these suspensions we talk about, to know what we're talking about, you better look it up. Um, you'll find it. It's easy to find. Um, leaves his feet for the hit, which is illegal. Direct charge at... Not, not charge, but direct... Um, target he directly targeted his head yeah i believe he contacted chest first and then moved up into the head it was very close but it was a very high hit i only saw one angle yeah but it was a very high hit evan's head snapped back and he was stretched off the ice how many games or dollars it 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 won't be a fine it'll be a suspension i think it better it better be a suspension it better not be a fine there have been like six fines again just since our last episode yeah we're not gonna talk and we talked about six fines last week i think there were about another six (laughs) and ain't no way we're talking about all of them and all of them were five thousand dollars except for a patrick maroon one that was like three thousand four hundred and seventeen dollars and eighty seven cents that's very it was a really specific number in the three thousands i believe okay um but um yeah, I think he'll get suspended. It's hard. It'll depend on when they review it and they see if head contact was the f- primary head yeah. was the primary contact point because it was violent. It was unnecessary, mm-hmm. um, and there was an injury on the plate. But yeah. at the same time, Shifley doesn't have a history of doing any sort of thing like no, this. he doesn't, which is strange because so, it's very uncharacteristic. It makes me to think Mark Shifley do that. Like I didn't watch the game any of the game because no. I was at I worked late today and then I came straight here to to record this but um it, it makes me wonder shifley must have been mad about something whether it was just losing whether something dirty happened earlier or something happened to him um all possibilities that but we're not sure yeah um but i think probably what i think you'll see him get two games kind of like reese okay um which would be same as four four playoff four regular season games um enough that he'll still be back for this series for sure um mm-hmm. the canadians did win five three Okay. Um. That that the fifth goal was scored on that play. It was tucked in the empty net at the same time as they. Oh, it happened. was. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so I I think you're gonna see, I think you're gonna see two games that way. Shifley can get back for game four as kind of a thing, where you know what you you don't do this type of thing. You need to be punished for it because it was right. violent and there was an injury. And but again, at the same at time, play. it wasn't Kadri, so it's yeah. gonna be not eight games. Yeah. So my 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 guess is two game suspension, but who knows? 
Yeah. With it's NHL so... player safety these days, we have no idea. Yeah. Regardless, that plays a one-way uh, trip to George Paros's office. Yeah. Which or at least reportedly meeting. won't be George Paros's office for for much longer because Paros came out and said that he is not interested. This was a few weeks ago. I just remembered it, but. Paros is not interested in keeping his job there if people are not content with how it's being done. Good. So it sounds like he might step down after this season. Good. But I am I'm very okay with that. And I've always found it ironic that he's the player safety guy, even though he was an enforcer. Yeah. It's... Anyway, I digress. Um, we've now hit close. We're like an hour and twenty into the show. Um, our goal at the beginning of the whole show was the first episode was to make it about an hour. And uh, on both, we've gone over time. So, wonderful track record there. Any final words from you? Don't think so. No? Okay. Well, I encourage you all to um, not only, if you've, if you've listened this far, please actually download the podcast because podcast analytics suck. And I can't tell if you folks are actually listening. The only way I can tell is if you download it. So, if you don't mind just giving that a quick download on Spotify or whatever platform you're listening to this on. That'd be much, muchly appreciated, and uh, give it a quick follow if you don't mind too. There's my little plug for the show. Uh, thank you for um, listening this long into the show. I, I wonder if there are any of you, but if there are, I thank you for listening this far. This has been the Dump and Chase podcast, and um, no, no, no other final words from you. No, okay. Um, see y'all next week, and uh, have a good one. See ya.